Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Um, Warren, just some news coming in, actually, that the Transport Minister is announcing a reprieve for motorists with expired licences, uh, giving us a 15-day grace period extension. Uh, those with retired, uh, expired, rather, driver's licences and licence discs had until the end of today uh, to get those. And, of course, there have been challenges within the Transport Department's infrastructure, including the one machine that prints out new driver's licences not working for quite some time, but he's announced a 15-day day grace period, which I think is going to be welcomed by some people. But Warren Ingram is the personal finance advisor and executive director at Galileo Capital. Lovely to have you here this evening. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be on the show. I'm looking at developments happening in Ukraine, where NATO, for example, is saying that the Russian forces in Ukraine are not withdrawing, but rather regrouping and adding that it expects additional offensive actions to come. We've been reporting on Russia saying that any unfriendly country must begin paying for its gas in rubles um, from Friday. Um, and that will have implications, of course, on uh, availability of oil uh, anywhere in the world and therefore fuel price and so forth and so forth. And I'm looking at my personal investment portfolio i'm going i'm losing money every day and you're saying i must look ahead yeah but i'm saying please look ahead definitely i think it's uh you know when the world gets fearful and and the the news flow um, especially bad news flow increases um it's amazing how our own personal time horizons and and our ability to look ahead just shrink you know we we start uh, we, we start to look kind of, you know, at the next few minutes or the next few hours or maybe the next day or two, but, but we lose kind of sight of, of, of what it means to be a, a, an investor. And, you know, investors think long-term, you know, they, they don't think about tomorrow specifically. They think about, the, you know, two years' time and three years' time and, and decades ahead. Uh, and and uh, for me, the, the best analogy I can think of is, you know, I'm, I'm sure you haven't done it and I'm sure I haven't done it, but people who drive fast, uh, you know, if you're going to drive fast successfully, one of the things you have to do is you can't look at the road ahead of you, you know, immediately ahead of you in the next 10, 10 meters. You've got to look hundreds of meters down the road to know what's coming. Uh, and, and so you can anticipate, you know, where you need to turn, when you need to break, et cetera. And it's exactly the same with investing. You know, if, if the world is, feels like it's coming at you really fast, you, you can't be looking, you know, five minutes ahead of you. You've got to look 10 years down the road and say, okay, so what's going on now? Is really scary, and 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 for people living, you know, in in the Ukraine, it's absolutely horrific. But but for you as an investor sitting here in South Africa, um, it might mean that you have higher inflation. It might mean that uh, fuel prices rise, you know, d- despite the efforts of, of government to alleviate that problem. And it might mean that things are a bit scary, where stock markets go up and down for a period of time. But but what it doesn't mean is that the world's going to end, and it doesn't mean that you should sell everything you own and put everything in cash or under the bed. Uh, and, and unfortunately, that's the reaction that a lot of people have when when big events happen. You know, the, the Ukraine's the latest. I think uh, the best example I can think of that really impacted us in South Africa was was the first hard lockdown, uh, you know, in 2020, where investors just absolutely panicked and the stock markets dropped and lots of people sold out. 
But but if we look back now, I mean, the JSE has been absolutely pumping. You know, the RAND is really strong. JSE's done well. Lots of our businesses are doing well. So so the reaction to panic and, you know, put your money under the mattress was an awful one. And, and so that's my comment is let's look ahead. You know, let's not worry about uh, the, the next few minutes because there's nothing we can do about them. We can't predict what's going to happen. Uh, and if that's the case, then then why on earth are we worrying about it? Let's rather zoom out a bit and and, and try and have a bit of a bigger macro view. I suppose we do worry about it, Warren, because it's instinctive to do so, right? Immediately, we all become experts in investment and study share movements on the JSE and try to determine where I can buy low and where I can sell high. Um, Some of us are wise enough to realize that that's not our expertise and we should leave it to the people who manage these portfolios to do so based on, on information and intelligence that they have. But it is instinctively something that people do, a need to shift something because, uh, you know, whatever my investment in assets, for example, uh, is not realizing the kind of return I was hoping for. Absolutely. And, and you're, you're spot on. I mean, it's, it's complete human nature. And in fact, you know, the, the psychologist would say it's, it's our flight and flight response where if an action happens, something happens to us, we've got to take action. We've got to um, either run away or, you know, do something, fight, fight the, you know, fight the, the event, whatever it is. And in the investment world, you clearly can't fight a stock market, but what you could do is you could sell. And for me, you know, that fight or flight response is really great when you, you know, you're, you're facing a wild animal or, you know, there, there's a hurricane that might blow you over. That, you know, then you, you definitely want to have a, a really human and immediate uh, response. But unfortunately, uh, th- that same uh, response is terrible when it comes to making long-term, rational, logical decisions. So, so we've got to find a way to take ourselves out of that. Uh, you know, uh, they, they talk about our lizard brain. You know, uh, take ourselves out of that immediate fight or flight response. And the only way I can think of that, that's that's really useful for for someone who's not a robot is to to rather zoom out. You know, and and to take that big long term view and say, you know, my life is not going to change tomorrow because the stock market went down. It, it'll be uncomfortable, it'll be stressful. And as you said, you know, I can try and make myself an immediate expert by, by, by reading you know, Finn Twitter and, and, and listen to you know, as many uh, podcasts and radio shows as I can. But the reality is, even with all that knowledge, I still can't move the rand, still can't move the stock market. Uh, and so why, why even bother with that stuff uh, if I can rather you know, control the things that I can control and, and then just tolerate and live with the, the things that I can't control? Warren, every time I've listened to you speaking to Bruce and you've covered the topic, two, I suppose, areas of investments you've often said are good to have in your uh, portfolio, uh, equities as well as listed properties. Are they still good assets uh, to have in your portfolio, given, I suppose, the volatile times we're living in at the moment? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think so, so just in general, you know, no, normal kind of general shares, will probably be our best protection against uh, inflation. And unfortunately, you know, one of the big consequences of, of th- this Ukraine invasion or this Ukraine war, let's, let's call it what it is, will, will be uh, inflation. And unfortunately, inflation was already becoming a problem for, you know, for the, the whole world, not, not just South Africa, even before this. And, and so, you know, re- relying on big businesses that, uh, that can adapt to, to changing environments 
um, you know, you know, is to me the best way you can protect yourself uh, against inflation. And certainly, you know, w- when when the world is re- is shifting under our feet, uh, you know, allowing businesses to, who operate and sell uh, goods and services, etc., to adapt to those and and be a shareholder in those, I, I think is a great idea. Uh, Listed property, it's a, um, you're probably asking the most difficult question uh, in, in the investment world in South Africa right now is, you know, how, how do listed properties kind of move forward from here? Because, you know, are, they, are office, offices going to be filled again? Will people want to, to kind of work permanently in, in big office buildings again? Will people be shopping in malls again? And, and I think that the, the truth is we need to be humble enough to say we actually don't know. So uh, again, I'd probably have, have some exposure to, to uh, listed property, but but I'm not sure that they will be delivering brilliant returns in the next you know three or four years. They might do. Uh, the, the truth is, I actually don't know. I don't I don't know how we as as human beings move back into new normal again, and what that means for for one part of, of the listed property space, which is offices and, and malls, but. Um, the other part of listed property, which will do well, I think, is kind of these big logistics hubs because all of us are buying online more than we've ever bought before. And I don't think that trend will change. I, I, in fact, I'm sure it will continue to accelerate. So maybe in that aspect of, of, of listed property, that will continue to do well. I fully agree with your advice that patience and fortitude are your best tools when everyone else is in a panic. Um, and it is easy to witness, I suppose, panic when there is as you call it, war in Ukraine at the moment. What happens if it's more subtle? A lot of people concerned about the future of South Africa, um, the president not doing enough in fighting corruption, and we're all becoming a Zimbabwe. All elements, by the way, I fully disagree with. I think there are there are far too many things happening in the right places in South Africa for us to ever become a Zimbabwe. But some people might might be over time, surely, but slowly, uh, convinced of that and want to move their investments outside of South Africa to other parts of the world. Would, would similar advice, patience and fortitude, uh, also apply in that case? Um, I, I think you've, you're right. It is more subtle, and I think it's a much more nuanced uh, um, uh, answer um, as a result because, uh, you know, one of the investment principles that I, I hold dear is, is diversification. You know, ha- having uh, you know your eggs spread, spread across quite a few baskets. You know, don't don't put them all into one. So, so I, I think all of us as as uh, investors, um, you know, even even those who who have a really strong conviction like I do in in the, in the future of the country in, in in South Africa, it still makes sense to have some of your investment uh, capital invested overseas. And, and the very simple reason is, you know, we, we, we need to access, you know, uh, countries that have a dif- different demographic profile to us. So, for example, you, you know, looking at countries where productivity is really high and uh, and where, you know, the, the, the entire population groups are, are significantly more educated and skilled than ours, it makes sense that you want to be, in, you know, in, in invested in countries like that where m- maybe they're, Pharmaceutical industries are more advanced, or their tech industries are more advanced than ours. So, so definitely, I, I think you have to have exposure to to international markets just just for that reason alone. And then, you know, we we are an emerging market, and and you know, we're always going to be an interesting place to live. You know, we're never going to move in a straight line uh, as a country. So, you know, being being exposed to developed markets as well makes sense to me because again, they have a different dynamic than, than ours, and and certainly will move in. Um, at a different pace and at different times to 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 our country and our stock market. So so I think you know spreading your eggs across a few baskets makes sense. However, 
uh, again, you know, don't don't do it in a panic knee jerk reaction. You know, do it in a very strategic, very considered way. So you've got to decide, you know, uh, th- that maybe you only have a portion of your capital overseas if you don't have a lot of money, or if you have a lot of money and you know you're going to leave behind money to two or three generations of of offspring from where you are now. Then, then sure, you know, in, invest a larger proportion because you're looking after you know, people that are going to only be born in 50 or 100 years time. So, so then spreading your eggs as far and as wide as possible into as many different baskets as possible makes sense. But, but I, I, I mean, I take your view, you know, I agree with you that, uh, you know, just sending money out in a knee-jerk reaction because, you know, the, the, the news flow is really negative. I, I think we, in, in South Africa, it feels to me like we're bad news specialists and we, we're kind of so good at ignoring any progress. You know, we, we I always hear people saying, you know, when you tell them things are moving and things are starting to improve again, they always say, yes, but. You know, and, and yes, but to me is such a great reason to, to kind of, uh, you know, look at uh, opportunities in South Africa. I, I think investment opportunities are, are, are abundant in our country, uh, but, but just do it with your eyes wide open and, and you know, don't, don't be emotional about it. Be rational and logical. I fully agree. My guest, Warren Ingram, personal finance advisor and executive. The Money Show. Personal finance with Warren Ingram. Uh, Warren, your question for this week comes from Robert. He writes, I need your help to decide what I should do with my retirement savings. I have read about living annuities and guaranteed annuities. I like the idea of having a guaranteed income without worrying about market volatility. So I would like to guarantee the money for the bread and butter. Do you think it's a good idea to use some of my savings to purchase a guaranteed annuity and then purchase a living annuity with the rest? Uh, it's a it's actually a fantastic question and it, and you know it sort of go, it goes back to a little bit around um you know trying to manage fear um fear or greed or fight or flight in when 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 markets are going crazy um, but but I think there's a bit of jargon there that, you know, that we probably need to explain. So so uh, uh, just, just very quickly, uh, a guaranteed annuity is is kind of like a really old fashioned pension. You know, so when you stop work one day, uh, you know you get you get a let's say a fixed salary of for argument's uh, sake, ten thousand rand a month, and then you hope that that ten thousand rand a month will be escalated with inflation every year for the rest of your life until you die. And uh, and and then when you die, that that, that money there's no money left; it it, it disappears. Uh, living annuity is slightly different, uh, a bit more modern, and and those are basically like a big portfolio that you have, and and it will pay you an income, and you can decide whether you want to draw a minimum of two and a half percent a year up to seventeen and a half percent. But it's it, the, the value of that uh, living annuity is very dependent on what investment markets are doing. Um, and so it does. It does allow people to to make good capital growth when times are going well, but but certainly they can lose money when 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 times are going badly. And if they're not responsible with how much they draw from their income, in other words, if they start with drawing seventeen and a half percent a year when they retire, then there's a good chance that they've eroded all of their pension by the time you know five or or, or ten years of, of retirement has gone past. So so it is a bit of a tricky one, and and I think I, I like guaranteed annuities. For, for for people who who are retiring with with not enough money, because at least they know on day one they're going to get uh, they're going to get a guaranteed amount every single month, and if if things go okay, that that guaranteed amount will go up with inflation every year. And so if you're you know right on the borderline or or just don't have enough and you're forced to retire, then a guaranteed annuity does make sense to me. For for people that have got a a lot of money, and I know there are not many of them, that um, and and they know that they're going to use a very small amount of their their uh, retirement money for 
for their retirement purposes, then I, I prefer living annuities. And, and then I guess there, there are going to be those that are in between that, you know, might have enough, but they're a little bit worried and they, you know, they don't have a huge amount of excess money. And for those people, I think a, com a com combination of a guaranteed annuity and a living annuity might work. My big comment there is please watch out for the fees. Please understand you know, that there might be big upfront fees. You know, insurance agents love selling guaranteed annuities because they, they, they get a big upfront commission and they never need to talk to you again. They don't have to service you after they've sold your product and moved on. So, so just be careful that you, you, know, you, you make sure you get uh, the, the right guaranteed annuity. Ask the hard questions. Make sure the fees are really low and shop around for, for getting the best rates that you can on those guaranteed annuities. And if you do that, then, then a combination for someone in Robert's position might, might be a good idea. Yeah, very good question, Robert. Thank you very much for asking it. And let's finish off with your phrase of the week, Warren. Uh, the, the phrase of the week is, is uh, what, what is a recession? And you know, it's something that we hear uh, spoken about quite a bit. Uh, and, and so a recession is when you're, when, when a, an economy goes backwards or goes down or starts to shrink uh, for, for a, a number of months. And most of the time, uh, economists will use two quarters. In other words, two, two quarters of a year, which, which you know, very simply put is six months in a row. Uh, and and uh, you know, if an economy is shrinking for, for six months, consecutively, then they will classify that as a, as a recession. That means things like unemployment starts to increase, uh, the, the, the whole economy doesn't keep pace with inflation, or maybe is even going backwards in, 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 in nominal terms as well. So not a great time, not, not, not a good situation for any economy to be in. And certainly everyone would suffer in a situation like that. So, so we hope not to see recessions, and, 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 and certainly we, we hope that South Africa doesn't see a recession for the next few decades if, if, our, if our government gets things right in the next few months and years ahead. They absolutely have to get things right. Otherwise, we will find ourselves having to have more uh, conversations like we've had this half hour. Warren, thank you very, very much for your time. Have yourself a wonderful evening. Warren Ingram is a personal finance advisor and executive director at Galileo Capital. And of course, he'll be back with Bruce next week.